everybody. It's Jason. We're about to get into the episode with the fantastic Stuart Goldsmith. He uh, hosts one of my favorite podcasts. It is easily the smartest podcast about comedy out there called The Comedian's Comedian. And um, I just want to apologize. I've banked a lot of episodes. So what you're hearing, these go back several months. This one is at the time of LA PodFest. Stuart came all the way over from England to do LA PodFest and then politely took a little bit of time. He did The Dork Forest. He did Never Not Funny. And then he did my show. So, you know, I'm honored that he did it, but I feel very bad that it took this uh, long to come out. You guys need to subscribe to his show. I don't know if it's still up, but he had a holiday special that was his latest comedy special. And it was, it's brilliant. Um, And hopefully it's still up. If not, well, then you didn't subscribe in time. And uh, it's for those of us who love his show and love his comedy. He is really a brilliant comedian as well. Um, So please enjoy this episode. Uh, I should also point out, on Instagram, you're going to be able to see one-minute previews of a new series that I'm doing every day this year for all of 2017. I'm listening to a comedy album that most of them that I haven't heard before, some of them will be revisiting, but I do like little... I'll talk about them. I'd call them reviews, but I'm, I'm not necessarily going out of my way to review them, but I am talking about them after having just freshly listened to them. Uh, I've done three so far. Again, one a day. Uh, you'll see a one-minute preview on Instagram, and the rest, the full thing, goes up on YouTube. YouTube.com slash comedy on vinyl. Uh, hashtagging it comedy album a day. It would be really helpful if you'd help spread the word about that. Um, and uh, I guess that's about it. Um, i trying to think. The only other thing is, and I probably have mentioned this before, but I released the smallest comedy album in the world. Released is a, <laughs> a strong word for it. We had it created by the people uh, people in a position to know for my comedy group, Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour. If you go to danandjay.com, you can find that. And uh, I guess that's about it. Uh, so without any further ado, this is the wonderful, the very kind and patient Stuart Goldsmith. Oh, and one more thing. He was actually in our uh, fake BBC special for Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour before this episode ever came out. That's how nice he is. So go listen to his podcast and now listen to this damn episode. Thank you. And one other thing. Uh, I'm a bit of a mushmouth at one point in this. I mean, I'm usually a bit of a mushmouth. Um, I totally fuck up a line. Okay. When we get to it, you'll hear it. I say newswaiter, which is not a word. I mean to say newsreader. You'll know the line when I get there. Uh, that said, Stuart was a sport and and followed along and knew exactly what I meant. But I've just noticed it listening to it. I sound like, uh, yeah, anyway. Enjoy. I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year is 1981, the album, Hedgehog Sandwich. The artist is not the 9 o'clock news, which is a, a lot of English folks. My guest is Stuart Goldsmith. Thank you for doing the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I've never been to Burbank before, much less ever seen a Smothers Brothers LP oh my. on the wall. This, I, is, this place is incredible. It's like, a, I feel like you're a comedy archaeologist. It's, that's a nice way to look at it. I call it a hoarder. That's, that's okay, though. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's traces of it. As long as there's no kind of Easter egg boxes. Right. I don't think you're technically hoarding. Right. That, well, you know, the, oh, yeah, this is what we're going through right now. Like I said, it's a very, it was a, yeah, we're working on it. Yeah. And it's my problem. Most yeah. of this garbage is me. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, that seems reasonable. It's fun garbage, though. It's fun garbage. It's got real character. Right? I mean, there's an awful, there's a lot more Lego than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a 36-year-old man to have in his apartment? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, a bit know. much. It, well, you know, it's, it speaks to someone who has got, uh, you, you clearly enjoy a project. And yes. there's nothing wrong with that. That's true. That's true. I'll take it. I do have, you know, 
So I was I was not disappointed that you picked the nine o'clock news. Yeah. I was disappointed, of course, that I didn't own the one that you picked. Yes, I'm sorry about that. You, How I'm, dare you? I have heard the one that you've got that you're pointing at. Can you? Yeah, should yeah, I yeah. just read the back of it and just absolutely? Because well, I would definitely recognize. Comparatively. Some of these. Do you remember yeah, how, how these compare? Yes. Yes, I do. Let's see. Uh, General Synod's Life of Python. I remember that sketch. Mm-hmm. There's a man in Iran that I can't resist. The Ayatollah song. I remember that one. This, I mean, this really was like 81. <laughs> Are we? I mean, so the... Yeah, that one's 80. This The one we're talking about today is 81. So we're a year, yes. a year between. Jeez. So this is... I mean, I'd have been. So I was. I'm 39. I was born in 77. Mm-hmm. So obviously, when when the when the Hedgehog Sandwich, which is a compilation of existing, uh, basically there were there were two series. I think of not the line of okay. Okay. The first one is widely regarded as being not very good. There's okay. different cast members changes, and then the second one is the you know that that's the series. That's how people think. Of right, the show. right, right, right. Um, and uh, this is a really peculiar one for me to do because. Uh, I was a kid when I... I mean, I wasn't four. I must have been like nine when I kind okay. of did that thing of just looking at in your parents' sideboard. Sure, sure. Do you have sideboards in the US? I'm sure we do and call them something else. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a, a long cabinet that's yeah, sure. low down and it's on feet or little legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of them. So you look through there and you go, oh, look, I'm actually old enough now to take a thing and put it in a machine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I discovered their hedgehog sandwich, which is completely out of keeping with either of my parents' comedy tastes. As far really? as I know... My parents have no interest in comedy whatsoever, so I don't know how it was spirited in there. Uh-huh. But it's um, so I must have been like seven, eight, maybe nine years old. And the the reason I mention this, why this is so peculiar, it's topical comedy. Oh yeah, that I mean, it's super. It's called not the nine o'clock news. It's all topical comedy, and it was. I listened back to it recently. And I didn't understand half of the references. <laughs> the, there were funny voices. Rowan yeah. Atkinson is on it, being yeah. incredible. Sure. Mel Smith, Griff Reese Jones, Pamela Stevenson, all, all absolutely brilliant. But a lot of the laughs were from rhythm. And a lot of the laughs sure. were, were doing that thing that kids do where they understand that there's a joke there. Yeah. And, they're la- and I, I realise now a lot of it I would have been laughing along with because... I could tell that the rhythm was funny. For or sure. The words or the performances were funny. Yeah. And now we listen back and I go, oh, it's a song about, it's a skit about Reagan. Right. Do you know what I mean? Which right. I have literally no uh, idea. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was at least it made it was approachable for me. At least the Reagan stuff kind of, kind yes. of rung true. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the American politics was fairly big in the yeah. British news at the time. Right. And understandably because... Uh, it's not dissimilar to what we were talking about earlier. Mm. You know, there's there's a lot of that. There's a lot of I do really obviously delight in the uh, there's there's a country song on here, which one of my favorite things is English people doing American accents. Because, oh, you I know, mean, I listened. I thought this was such a terrible <laughs> choice because it is absolutely full of English people doing American. It's, the references are either an English person half understanding or trying to spoof Americana. Yep. Or yep. the references are so incredibly niche yeah. British references. Oh, yeah. How will you possibly understand this? I mean, the, one of my favorite sketches on it is arguably the best sketch on it um, is the bad language sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in which uh, <laughs> Pamela Stevenson is hosting a televised debate between Griff Rhys Jones and Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson's playing a, some sort of ecclesiastical figure. And his the point he's trying to make is that uh, I think the idea is a satire on the idea that that. Uh, the nanny state is getting upset that people are swearing more and more. Yeah. So the comic premise they take is that people are swearing without knowing it. And it's this beautifully performed, and they're the most fruity English swear words. That there is literally things like rumpy pumpy. And, Let me balls pizzle Frank about this. 
and, and hearing hearing an irate Rowan Atkinson saying, "I beg your pardon, Wang," and just just these obviously they couldn't use swear words that were actually sweary, so they're the right. fruitiest Britishest kind of swearing. So 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 good. Uh, and I know there are one or two, and I wish I things I listened to this on the way home. So in the car, didn't get to write down. Oh fuck, what's that English thing that he just said that I just yeah. Of course, so of there's so much that went over my head. Well, we're assu- are we assuming that your listeners are going to dig this out and and listen to it before they listen to the podcast? Or well, are we hoping that they'll be inspired to? I hope episode? that both. I mean, the thing is, like, I either or the other. I I will put clips in. Like, oh, so, you, oh great. yeah. So every ten minutes, I put clips that YouTube. Then, if I decide to put this up on YouTube, then they're like, "Hey, guess what? You can't monetize this." Yes, anymore. I was going to say this. Fuck. That sounds delightfully quasi legal. Yeah, it's well. The thing is, it's basically fair use, and the whole point is buy the fucking album because you're hearing a scratchy piece of shit version of the album yes, in the first story. place. So it's not, you know. Um, so the hope is, yes, please go buy it. Um, but I also don't know if any of them know because I, I the whenever we have an English guest on, it's always something I've either never heard of or never heard. Yeah, you know, and I, do I was hope I it's was inspiring. I thought people. this was remarkable that you actually have a vinyl, got, not that, an Isle of Thought News, and this is not. Yeah. This has been opened and played. Oh yeah, this is, and this is like a, I have got a bunch of these BBC albums because of the few expats who decide they don't want their records anymore. I like to buy them up, and uh, this is something they didn't do over here, and still obviously still don't do, but they didn't do over here, which is like. Here's a new series of a show. Let's put, you know, uh, a compilation on record. Which I mean, uh, yeah, same right. with it's the quite money. a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know that we did it much in the UK. I think but, it's more to do with the fact that there was no, they couldn't release entire albums. They couldn't release the whole series yeah. because some of the things were literally like some topical joke of something that had happened that week and was instantly forgotten. Sure. And maybe the BBC had erased the tapes before they got a chance to make a record out of it. Anyway, that's you know, entirely that possible. Happened. Also, one of the uh, performers in the first series was a guy called Chris Langham, mm-hmm. who the BBC are very happy to sweep under the carpet due to some uh, proven. Uh, what, what, what's a proven allegation? A crime. Mm, uh, oh, due okay. To some, uh, some sex crime activity. Okay, I was just gonna say, yeah. Okay, man, they 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 got a lot that a lot of that going on. Everybody does, but the BBC, boy, they like to. Well, I Him. think that's because being charitable, I think that's sure. because they were sort of the only game in town. Yeah. So of if you were like if we imagine that, you know, a certain percentage of people in power exploit that power sure. through horrible things to young people, sure. then uh, probably that percentage were all spread across only one of course. institution. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's sad. But it's very difficult. I remember I read something only the other day about the Human League, mm-hmm. hugely popular band in the UK yeah. in the seventies and eighties. And uh, they were, oh, maybe not 70s, maybe 80s, 90s, um, but they were on, just, it just so happened that every uh, episode of Top of the Pops, which mm-hmm. is a big uh, sort of hit music show in the sure. UK, <laughs> hit music show, this is me trying to translate it into <laughs> quasi-American, um, it, uh, it turned out that every single time they appeared on one of those shows, they were, intervie- they were introduced by either... Dave Lee Travis, mm-hmm. now uh, accused, I don't know quite his legal status, but okay. I believe the, the piece was implying he's a wrong'un, uh-huh. or uh, Jimmy Savile, oh, okay. who is the wrongest wrong'un that ever produced the, by Britain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the, the first one that popped for, in my For head. a non-mass murderer, mm-hmm. he's sort of, he's, you know, he's, he's, the, he's the absolute top of the, uh, the non-actual murdering wrong'uns. Right, right, right. Um, 
So back to the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? We get off of these fucking set things all the time. But like the the Monty Python one up there is the same kind of thing. I mean, obviously they were popular at the time, but it still just seemed like a. There's no VHS. Let's uh, give these people some shit because we might not play it again for a while, yes, if I ever. Think so. I you think know, there are faulty thing. towers. You can buy entire faulty towers episodes on vinyl, which is amazing. What? Yes. No way. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, one side's a, you know well they squeeze 25 minutes on either side, so you get two episodes. Okay, yeah. I think it's so funny when you when you think of particularly not, as a younger person, me not understanding an awful lot of the the point, the barb of the satire, uh-huh. but also you're listening to a, a something that's been written for visual. Yeah, there's a sketch on on Hedgehog Sandwich which is uh, it's called I think it's called Political Obit, mm-hmm. and uh, it's two. I, again, I think Pamela Stevenson is the host, so I don't know if that's her being marginalised. I think it probably is, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, uh, it's Mel Smith and Rowan Atkinson having a violent political argument. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. This this guy's uh, you know this. Look at oh God! I'm struggling to remember the exact <laughs> terminology they're using. But it's something like this is well, this is showing up the seedy underbelly at the heart of British politics, yes. and they're absolutely tearing into each other. And then Rowan Atkinson dies, mm-hmm. and then this this kind of politician, and he just goes uh, clutches himself and falls on the floor. And then Mel Smith immediately goes, "Will be sadly missed." Yeah. And then you know, so the point of the sketch is uh, politicians when one of them dies are only too happy to completely reject all of their previously held opinions watching it today on youtube i went oh he dies yeah yeah i was trying to figure out i'm like it seems like maybe that was what was but i just driving home i almost crashed trying to figure out the fuck was going on yes I, i wonder how much of my genesis as a comedian is based on misunderstood i remember i have a very vivid memory god this only just come back to me of being in the car uh, being given a lift to school by my friend Gavin's mum, Rita. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would, like, uh, his mum and my mum would sort of share child transport duties. Mm-hmm. And it was on this occasion, uh, I was in his car, and I said conversationally some quote from, oh my God, this is, okay, Stuart, push through. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> we just got to push through. It's a, a not the nine o'clock news sketch, and it's about a miners' strike, right? Uh-huh. I couldn't possibly have understood it, but I thought the phrasing was funny. Where one of them said, "Come on, gentlemen, be realistic," and the, it's just that phrase, like "Come on, gentlemen, be realistic," and I said that during an argument, you know, some childish like, eight-year-old argument, and I remember Gavin saying, "What do you mean?" And I had to sort of climb down from it and go. I don't know what I mean. I don't know. I don't think that's relevant or valid. It's, it's sort of it's not an appropriate place to use this quote. But it's just that thing of being a kid and going, oh, the sound of that is funny and it yeah. made me laugh and I'll chuck it in. So it could be that the whole basis from the, certainly the basis for the inspiration behind my career. And obviously there were other things I was into. Sure. But that's one of the earliest things I remember laughing at. And it turns out I'd misunderstood all of it. Where does that leave us, Jason? <laughs> I know. Nowhere good. You've received a large number of complaints about a sequence you may remember from last week's programme where a hedgehog was seen to be crushed under the wheels of a lorry. The BBC would like to apologise to hedgehog lovers everywhere for any distress caused by this sequence. But would like to point out that the hedgehog used was in fact a stuffed hedgehog. And we feel that we probably exhibited less cruelty to hedgehogs per se than whoever it is who goes around stuffing them. (laughs) If you know who these people are, then please write to us at this address. We want to know who stuffs hedgehogs. Not the nine o'clock news, BBC Television Centre, Wood Lane, London, West 12. 
the same well i mean the the more i think about it obviously i've interviewed a number of people about and this is the same shit that comes up every time i'm so glad every no all of us all of us because we all <laughs> laugh for animal reasons one is to get along with the group i mean they've proven that monkeys do it for the same reason monkeys yes. actually laugh and they do it for the okay. same reason it's to fit in but then we do it because our parents do it that tends to be or or because there's a fucking but I'm audience listening to this record in on your room, own on my own there's an audience in there too though to I'm be fair i'm trying to join in with the ghosts of now dead people yes. laughing in a studio yes all those people from 1981 must all be dead now oh yeah you're right okay <laughs> Well, I'm assuming they were adults in 1980. Yeah, okay, they're still alive. Okay, you're fine. And at the time when I was listening, they were alive anyway. Yeah, okay, okay, fine. No, but it's the These same thing. These guys from like eight years ago. <laughs> But it's 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 there are always these indicators and like if, if you're the kind of person I am, you love the sound of language, the flow of language, the rhythm of language, you love the specific use of yes. certain words. It's one yes. of the reasons I like English humor is because they say the word bits all the time and that was the bits. funniest thing to me as a kid. <laughs> I was I was like, Oh my god, nobody's ever said bits to me before. Like bits, bits specifically meaning what, just genitals? like anything. Okay. Anything like a bit of this, a bit of that. We don't use it here. Don't use the word bit. Not in the same oh, not in you. the same uh, to the same extent that sure. the English do. I'll have a bit and of that. Exactly. Yeah, it I can't really so say that. so fucking I mean. delightful to oh, me. That's why I was <laughs> obsessed with it. And my mom's an Anglophile, so at the same time, like, you're, you're, this shit's pumped in your, you know, in your yeah, brain. Yeah, sure. So it's the sound of language. It's all these things that make yes. you... It could be any random thing. For some idiots, it's seeing somebody get hit in the dick and they think that's comedy and then, so, you know... So many of the sketches which involve Rowan Atkinson mm -hmm. are absolutely brilliant. And this is pre-Blackadder. This is before yeah. the first season of Blackadder. Richard Curtis actually wrote on Not the Nine mm. News. I don't know if that's where I did not know that. First okay. met. Yeah, and it was put together by John Lloyd, mm -hmm. um, who then went on to do Blackadder and mm -hmm. QI and oh, shit. Uh, all, okay. all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, all sorts of stuff doesn't even cover it. He's one of the most influential producers in British comedy. And uh, I snagged him for my own podcast a couple of years you ago. did? It's quite an interesting wow. uh, episode. He's got lots of stuff to say about... Um, he co-wrote The Meaning of Liff with Douglas Adams. Now, did that make it over here? No. Okay, American... No. If you've not... Sorry, Englishness. If you haven't heard of this, you're, you're definitely going to love this. Um, there's a book called The Meaning of Liff by Douglas Adams, writer of Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Co-written with John Lloyd, although when I spoke to John about it, he was explaining that he did next to nothing. He basically okay. hit Douglas with a stick and made him do his job. Sure, deadline. makes sense. So the premise of the book, this is so wonderful, is if you're an Anglophile, you're going to love this. The premise of the book is there are loads of words out there that there aren't words for. There are loads of things out there that aren't words for. Okay. So it's like a glossary of observational comedy, just yeah. little ideas. That feeling when you... Um, uh, I, I'll explain once I've explained the second half of the concept. And so, the, and they said there's also a load of words there lying around on signposts, not meaning anything. Uh, names of places. So they've got the most ludicrous sounding. This place is names. killing me. Hold on. Somebody has brought this up, and yes. they just didn't tell me the name of it. It's called the meaning of Lyft because there's a place called Lyft. Where did and this they, come from? That's yeah. fantastic. So they okay. take all of these names and then they use them to. Uh, uh, they kind of give them words. So, for example, not all of them are in the UK. They're, they're all from all over the world. So, mm -hmm. for example, when uh, you have one book left and it mm. fits perfectly into the bookcase, it is said to fit real nice and Kentucky. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, but the, it, it works on every level. The word is funny and silly. The, the, the observational comedy idea is a really strong idea. Like yeah. the experience, I can never remember the name of this. It's something to do with Kirby. Um, but the experience of brushing something off someone's face and realizing it's actually part of their face 
is is like a Kirby non-grove or something like that. I can't remember the exact one. And, and it, it's, it is, it's just wondrous. So John Lloyd Ooh. wrote it with him. So yeah. John Lloyd uh, wrote on the, Not The Nine O'Clock News, and as did Richard Curtis. And so this Richard Curtis, of course, went on to write on Blackadder and on The Young Ones with Ben mm-hmm. Elton. Um, but the point I was making, I've run off with myself again. <laughs> Everything Rowan Atkinson says is funny. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And you can hear a young... He's so young in this. He's probably like 26 or something. Oh, my God. (laughs) And um, everything he says is funny. And you can see some of the ideas for some of his characters that then began... uh, Or that then became... He has a a solo album in which Angus Mm -hmm. Deaton plays all of the straight men in all of the different sketches. And he's always called Perkins. He's always called Mr. Perkins Mm -hmm. or Bishop Perkins or whatever. (laughs) And, um, And Rowan Atkinson has some incredible kind of set piece comedy skits where it's like... It's him being the teacher reading out the... Are you familiar with that one? Mm-mm. He's reading out all the pupils' names. There's one where he's a, an Indian waiter mm-hmm. in, in a curry house. Mm-hmm. And he's being uh, patronised. He's taking being patronised by drunken English louts <laughs> really well. <laughs> Do you know, these, there's all these... Oh, and, and he's just God, wonderful. That's fantastic sounding. Okay. My God. Yeah, I, he's so delightfully arched that it's perfect to hear... Like a bit of like an un- angry punk. There, yes, you know what I mean. I mean, maybe yes. maybe technically a bit old to be a punk, but you know, uh, it's still like it's. Look at he's the not cover really of this, f- this one. Yeah, it's very punk looking. But like you, look, there's a lot of like really wonderful social satire on this too that yes. makes me so happy. I mean, not all of it is. It's a lot of it isn't all that edgy. No, one no, the, no. One of the sketches, the hi-fi shop, when Mel Smith <laughs> oh is this God, poor bastard so coming much. into a hi-fi shop who doesn't know how it works, and it, it's such a beautiful kind of historical artifact because it's ex- you could write exactly the same sketch today with uh, the internet or yeah. smartphones or what have you. It's just an older guy who doesn't know the terminology going into a shop and being brutally patronised by <laughs> Griffiths Jones and, and uh, Rowan Atkinson are the people in the shop who are just making him jump through hoops going, do you want do you want woofers and tweeters with that? And he's like, no, I don't want stupid things like woofers and tweeters. You, you get them whether you like them or not, mate. They're in the speakers. And he goes, do you want this? He goes, yes. Do you want that? Do you want this? Do you want a bag on your head? Yes. You know, and they're just like, squirting mayonnaise and putting a bag on his head. But yet you, the, the rhythms of speech mm-hmm. uh, that Rowan Atkinson used are just so wonderful. I mean, you think of his later stuff in, um, in Blackadder where he's like, I'll be more out of breath than an asthmatic ant carrying heavy shopping. And he just would over-enunciate anything. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't seem to be over-enunciating him because he's so... It just suits his face so much yeah. that you imagine he would speak like that. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just fantastic. Oh, my God. I'm trying to remember. Does he... Is he... He doesn't really do that in the first series of Blackadder, does he? Because well, no, they had the really... weird, whiny little... Yes. The, the If you just watched the first season, you would think, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, fine, fair enough. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a bit weird and bleak and yeah. sad and, and some... Well, not sad exactly, but like I, I remember it being a bit bleak. I remember some yeah. episodes sort of ending with, with you know, he gets killed or someone else gets killed, and it just sort of the, the camera just looks <laughs> at the scene, and then the, the episode <laughs> ends it's over, right? Yeah, it's very. Peculiar. Then they find his prickish character in the. Yes, in, okay, it all yeah. comes together in uh, Black Out of oh, the Second. Yeah, so 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 good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you do you, so? You pulled this out of your parents' collection. Sounds like yes, Hedgehog I Sandwich. Did. Yes. Okay. Um, do you have? Maybe you've already said it, but do you have a favorite track on the album? We can well, start I'm there. Just, uh, You're looking at it right now. You've got I'm it looking at up. some of them. I realize now I haven't. My my little cheat sheet has mm-hmm. not fully loaded. Oh no, um, I have it here. If you the mean. Creed is so funny. The mm-hmm. Creed, 
from the new revised version of the new revised version of the Book of Common Prayer. <laughs> I still remember sections of that. It's like all these things that I believe in. And he's like, I believe in the Surrey Panther, <laughs> copper bracelets for rheumatism. And it's all just beautifully spoken together at the same time. That's rather charming. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not the parrot sketch is a wonderful uh, shaggy dog story of a sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Aid, where uh, this is another Reagan one, where... Um, uh, Rowan Atkinson is being the sort of uh, now what would be the the word the PR officer and yeah, he's in, like interrupting that. everyone as they're mm-hmm. trying to question the no the, the president will not uh, be re- responding it's him doing an American accent again yeah but uh, yeah I think if not pulling it off then at least pulling it off for comic effect do you have the set do you have the track list I do because I, I, I think do, there's I one on the the second bit here we I go I mean you don't have to keep it on the stand it's just there's some fun. great songs on there oh my oh, god yeah. yeah um some really good what's the um, England my leotard there's a Kate Bush parody. <laughs> By Pamela Stevenson. She's phenomenal. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. singer as well. Um, the Barry Manilow one. Again, that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, Rowan Atkinson doing a medley of Barry Manilow pastiches called Wet and Lonely. <laughs> I can still sing that word for word. It's ridiculous. And I'm rubbing my eyes, rubbing your thighs out of my mind. <laughs> Just, I mean, talk about English. God. What was the format of the show? Because I honestly didn't know from listening to the app because what we have are traditional sketches. We've yep. got, obviously, the fake news interludes. Yes, like little, little one-liner ones, like Margaret Thatcher. Is, uh, what did she did? She blew on a birthday cake and lit all the candles. It's just, <laughs> you know, just little one-liner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then songs. It yes. was, was, it, was the format of the show pretty consistent, or was it just whatever the fuck they felt like? I think it was sort of like that. Well, just as you say, it was just, it was just bits and pieces. It was a mm-hmm. sort of fun mishmash of, um, of different bits and pieces. I mean, you know, I had the album. I don't think I ever watched the show. It's funny. We're going really? back on YouTube and seeing some. Yeah, because I didn't have access. You know, this it would already have been on TV. Oh, by yeah, the time right. I saw the album, yeah. you know, you can't go back and rewatch it ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I maybe got a VHS maybe in maybe 1990 or something. Maybe I got, uh-huh. I'd got hold of a VHS or they played some on TV again and I taped it. Or coughing without due care and attention. <laughs> If you say so, sir. Yes, I do say so, Savage. Didn't they teach you anything at training school? Oh, sorry, sir. Some of these cases are just plain stupid. Looking at me in a funny way. (laughs) Is this some kind of joke, Savage? No, sir. And we have some more here. Walking on the cracks in the paper. (laughs) Walking... In a loud shirt in a built-up area <laughs> during the hours of darkness. And walking around with an offensive wife. <laughs> in short, Savage, in the space of one month, you have brought 117 ridiculous, trumped-up and ludicrous charges. Yes, sir. Against the same man, Savage. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I just uh, I just didn't want to bring Monty Python along. Everyone must bring Monty Python along. Believe it or not, not as often as you'd think. And there are times when I've been surprised because I had no idea, like, for instance, that the Holy Grail album is a sketch album on its own, not just clips of the movie. I had no idea how heavily yes, sketch-oriented well, that is. Well, they used to... I don't know that I've even heard that one, but they, I, so had, I had the final rip-off. Yeah. And I yeah, had Live amazing. at Drury Lane. Oh, yeah. And even, even the final rip-off where the whole... The way it's presented is we're squeezing this for as much money as possible. Uh-huh. It's still full of quite original content. Oh, yeah. You know, there's loads of little, you know, the interstitial stuff's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. And I mean, it, it's a way of weaving in a lot of the classics with shit that I 
had only actually until recently some of it I realized oh fuck I've only heard it on the final ripoff I've never seen uh, I had never seen Pet Shop or anything on the show yes. there are a bunch or, um, that I had never what's seen what's the song they do on the final ripoff the How Sweet to Be an Idiot uh, oh, is that Drew no that's Drew no Lane. I don't know that one yeah I don't yes. think I know that one wow you just blew my mind How There's Sweet to Be an Idiot and Dip My Brain in Joy Children Laughing at My Back with no fear of attack, as much imagination as a toy. <laughs> it's, it's startling. I think it Holy might. Holy fuck! I don't even know who sings it. It doesn't sound like any of them. Maybe it was on yeah. the Drury Lane album. That's fantastic. Where they had someone standing in for Graham, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really beautiful little song. That's awesome. My God. Imagine that. More stuff out there. Yeah, I know. More stuff. Uh, it fucking hurts my Collect brain. Collect the stuff. Um. Yeah, I know. I understand. Yeah, I, I understand the reticence to to want to talk about Monty Python. But I mean, this is this is fun. This is like a very fun album, and it was something that I I feel like it's accessible. I could be no. I think it is accessible mostly because of at least if only if you only recognize Ron Atkinson. Although most people over here, I don't want to assume everybody's an idiot, but I do assume most of them only know him from Mr. Bean because that's the thing that yes. most people over here uh, are going to associate with. Mr. You know? Bean story, which uh, you do. I will. Well, I'll tell you this, and then I'll tell you the the secret fact about the story. So. I'm sure I was told this at a party, and I immediately started telling it to other people, thinking, oh, it's absolutely brilliant. I've just heard this. It must be true. <laughs> Which is that apparently, because Mr. B, I think he's, is he the highest paid comic in the world? Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it wouldn't, would it? You know, there's, yeah. there's, you know, you need to, because it's silent, isn't it? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to, unless it's Jackie Chan, maybe. Sure. He's enjoyed in any country, but a lot of people wouldn't regard him as a comic, wrongly. Um, so I heard that Rowan Atkinson had licensed Mr. Bean for uh, release to every country. It's, you know, globally everyone gets mm-hmm. it, apart from Italy, so that he could go on holiday in Italy without being famous. <laughs> ah! Holy shit! Now, here's the extra secret thing about this story. <laughs> I know for a fact it isn't true, because I said it to my friend Becky Dell mm-hmm. at a party, and she knows his agent, uh-huh. and texted me two days later and said, by the way, that isn't true. Isn't true. Thanks a lot, Becky Dell. I say to you now, as I said to you then, it doesn't matter whether it's empirically <laughs> it's, true. It's a great It's story. such a good story that I'm going to keep telling it to people as if it's true. Oh, my what God. What a wonderful God. idea. <laughs> As if you would have any, as if you would have, like, in order to have the foresight for that to be the case, yeah. you must have known that it was going to be globally, you know what I mean? It's, it's, right. It can't be true. It can't <clears> be true. But, but it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful idea. Sounds wonderful. Mike, he must have just gobs of money. See, here's the problem. You're English and I just said gobs. This is like, I can't, gobs I'm in gobs of money, even though gobs, I mean, I gobs of, I, you understand, but you've never heard gobs of money. But in my brain, I'm thinking gob, mouth. And then I'm uh, thinking that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My brain's going through a lot. We get a lot of Americana. I've read everything Stephen King's ever written. Have you? So I'm familiar with an awful lot of American. Because he's very good at writing for different voices in in America. You could be more American than I am. That's fine. I'll accept that. I'd be caught out on some sort of inglorious bastards, like the equivalent, you know, that three (laughs) fingers with a thumb that Germans do. You'd catch me on something, I'm sure. (laughs) Like, you'd catch me on something like a quarter of four Mm -hmm. rather than. a quarter of four to you is three forty-five p.m. Is it? Yes, right. Yeah, so right. I'd say a quarter to four. Right, right, right. Oh, did we get? No, I'd say a quarter to four. Would you? Is yeah. This quarter of is that not? I, maybe I, that's I, Canadian. I, I maybe thought, Canadian. Canadians I thought, are I thought weird. Yanks said that. Canadians are great, though. That's fine. It's okay. They are in, inoffensively wonderful. Yeah, delightful. Um, can we? Okay, I want to keep talking about the album. Sure. But I also do want to point out that you like you're my favorite podcast interviewer on the planet. Oh, you thanks, interview man. so wow. many people. You've exposed me to a bunch oh, of people. I've been got here under false pretenses. Yes. I thought I was just some guy to you. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Honest to God, you guys should listen to the comedian's comedian. Um, we'll we'll let you 
pimp it at the end, but yeah, I just sure, want to make sure, sure people thing. do listen to it because thank you. Um, Colin Anderson at Maximum Fun, uh, he's like, I can't believe I've just heard of this podcast, and I think he he posted your Matt Lucas interview. Yes, and I was like, holy fuck! Like I just it just like you you do the thing that I think people get annoyed when I do, which is you'll chop apart comedy to the point where people might get afraid that it's that it's a, no. You know, people get yes. so afraid of chopping it apart. Why are you cool doing it? Uh, I'm not afraid of silence because I am a comedian myself yeah. and I know yeah. what silence sounds like. Sure. I What I try and do with the, the podcast is I try to ask intelligent questions mm-hmm. and then shut up and listen, which I'm not saying anything about your podcast. <laughs> um, but we all know, you know what I mean? If... The thing is, who's going to interview a comedian? If it's not a comedian, then they're not going to know exactly what questions to ask. Sure. But if it is a comedian, then 99.9% of the time, they're going to want to riff and do their own material and be funny. Yeah. And I am... I, I mean, you can't ever describe yourself as humble. <laughs> but what I mean is, like, I'm I'm confident enough in my own comic ability. Like, I go out and gig every night, and that's where I get the laughs from. I don't need to get laughs on the podcast. Right. So... I'm comfortable being quiet. So actually, I mean, this is this is me looking back on five years worth of podcasting and going, yeah, I guess that's what I do. I didn't set out to do this. But I suppose what I like doing is I'll say to someone, and I'm, I'm interviewing Tim Minchin at, uh, at the LA Podfest this, this weekend, oh, which is why I'm in town. God. You've got to tell me how big his profile is over Jesus here because I don't Christ. know... I don't know whether anyone's going to come to the thing because oh, I don't know if anyone knows who Tim Minchin is over here. I think people appreciate how massively important he is in terms of well, I think so. I mean, I, I do. So. In I my so. circles, he yes, lives here big. now. He has an office in DreamWorks. Does he really? Yeah, yeah he's, he's making, he's working on a, he's scoring and, and writing a, an animated thing for DreamWorks called Jesus Larrikin, I believe. Speaking of the richest people in the world. Continuing. <laughs> continuing. But yeah, yeah. that's, that, but, um, I so, assume so. Yeah, so something I would like to do uh, to Tim, who is a, a, a brilliant I mean, brilliant! What a profundity of material and sure. incredible timing. Amazing, he's a great, you know, concert pianist skill. Um, but I want to challenge him on things. That's what I enjoy doing about the show. When I can mm-hmm. say to someone, "Why did you do this like this?" and they say, "Oh, it's like that," and I go, "I don't think it is," and they go, <laughs> "Oh, hello," and I go, "Yeah, because because actually you tend to do that, don't you?" And and then I just I just I clam up, mm-hmm. and they go, mm-hmm. uh, "Yeah, well, I don't think so," and then I just look at them, and then they go. Well, I well, I, I suppose you could like that. I, what, what do you reckon? And then I keep looking at them. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I really appreciate that you like the show. I'm very proud of it. It's very hard. <laughs> I was going to say it's very hard for me to talk about why it might be good. I realize I've just done that for a few minutes. What I'm saying is I'm realizing now that I'm blowing my own trumpet. And I've only got the one trumpet. So I don't, I don't like to overblow it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And I, I like... I said this in one interview, a couple of like a newspaper interview, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm 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 still sort of ruminating on it. It sort of slipped out, but I do think in my arrogance that the point of the podcast used to be to find out how people write their jokes. Sure, and and it quickly moved on from that. And now that then it, for a long time the point of it was who are you? Who are you really? Mm-hmm. What's it like being you? And now the point of the podcast is. I try to find out what's wrong with my guests and I try and help them, but I don't, I don't do that explicitly. I just try yeah. and work out, like, what are you running away from? What are you running towards? Yeah. What is it that, what is this, do, what, what is satisfying you or not satisfying you about your work at the moment? Right. And then I try and nudge them towards that. And I don't yeah. know why. I don't know what gave yeah. me the right to do that <laughs> to people. I love that idea, though, that, that at least you know that the theme of your show is evolving and you can identify what sure. it's evolved into and from. 
Um, but I, I, I guess what I'm, uh, the, the thing that I like that, that you do is that, uh, uh, like, uh, so many people say you ruin comedy by talking about it. I disagree. Respectfully. Do you, do you mean so many people say that one ruins comedy by, or do you mean so yes, many people say that I, Stuart Goldsmith, ruin comedy? See, see, the Englishman corrected my English. And no, no, I just wanted to know, I just no, wanted to know whether one, you had so many people yes, behind my back have been yes, saying Everybody's like, Stuart Goldsmith, what a fuck. He just keeps... Do you know, Destroying I am comedy. ruining comedy. Be- I'm ruining comedy because I know of over 40 people who started doing comedy because of my oh, show. Oh, fuck. I know. I That's a responsibility you a nobody com- needs. Not a stand-up, no. Not a I'm stand-up. a comedy writer and an okay. actor, but I, don't, I will not get up and do that shit. Sure. Scares the fuck out of me. But if you were getting up and doing that shit, you would not be pleased to hear that someone had helped. I mean, I'm not going to say create, but certainly mm-hmm. nudged another 40 fucking mooks. Right, 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 right. You right. out there, you mooks. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, no, I just, I do... That yes, that one can ruin comedy by speaking about it, yes. and I disagree respectfully. I do think that there are ways to break it down and still make it interesting, and still, uh, you know, I, I could take, I could probably sit for an hour and break down my favorite joke, whatever that might be at the time. Yeah, you know, because that's interesting to me. Yeah, I don't think it makes it any less interesting. I don't think it kills it. It only kills it for a person who only wants a certain thing from that joke. If yeah. you just want to listen to that joke and laugh, fine, yeah. don't listen to the podcast. Absolutely. But if you, it, absolutely, I could talk about my favorite joke. My, probably my. The first joke I remember hearing was I was in it's a playground joke mm-hmm. and the joke was I don't drink I don't smoke and I don't swear oh bollocks I've left my fags in the pub <laughs> right I might have just, obviously bollocks you're familiar with that is a sort of English explosive swear word uh-huh. fags in the sense of a packet of cigarettes mm-hmm. and pub a bar <laughs> um, I realised I've chosen the worst example um, but uh, I don't drink I don't smoke and I don't swear oh, oh fuck me I've left my fags in the pub. <laughs> And I could talk about that joke forever. There's yeah. nothing to it. it yeah. All it is is you're setting up the three things you don't do, and then mm-hmm. you're and then you're. It's like you're miming a window and yeah. stepping through it with one leg, and then just forgetting about the mime, walking through it with the other. <laughs> that's just priceless to me. I could talk about it all day. No, absolutely. And I, I, I don't know. That's that's my that's my favorite part of doing this shit is yeah. breaking down that stuff. I believe in God. I, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Or at least it stands to reason there has to be some sort of greater power. You know, like electricity sort of thing. And in Jesus Christ, who was obviously a fantastic bloke, and it's been proved historically that he actually did exist around that time, actually, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary. No, don't laugh. It could happen. After all, they can do it in a test tube these days. I mean, that proves it, doesn't it? The third day, he rose again from the dead. A sort of reincarnation, if you like. Did you see that program on BBC Two? I believe in the Holy Ghost, telepathy, flying saucers, black magic. There must be something in astrology, gay liberation, the Loch Ness Monster, the Abominable Snowman, the Surrey Panther, copper bracelets for rheumatism, levitation, water divining, poltergeist. You should ask Tim Minchin if he still can, if he still doesn't consider himself a comic because that drives me fucking nuts. Yes, he. I would love to challenge him on that. Obviously, he's a comic, but I do. I have spotted him in other interviews. Mm-hmm. I think he. Let's. Let's. I'll tell you this now, and then we'll we'll talk about this later after I've interviewed him and see yeah. how well this premise went down. Mm-hmm. But I suspect that he affects naivety in order he just that's one of the things he does that's one of the ways in which he does life Mm -hmm. is he he said this to karen corrin on the documentary about him going to the edinburgh festival in 2005 she said oh now you're being naive 
And he said, yes, I pretend to be naive. That's how I get information. And I thought, oh, oh, write yeah, that down. Yeah. Because I obviously he's a comic, and I think, uh, or was, I mean, less so nowadays, he's sort of scoring musicals and stuff, but they're funny. He wrote, he's writing jokes and meaningful stuff. Yeah. I think calling oneself not a comic is sort of a way of protecting oneself from the, the implication that one isn't funny. Mm-hmm. So my angle on that would be, is that what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And then I just look at him. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I, I love very much that that's your approach. I, I, w- I wish I could get to see you interview live because I do want to see that happen. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, you know, you can always live stream it at lapodfest.com is... using the discount code comedian. <laughs> I've not told enough people about that, and I'm not going to be invited back to the podcast festival. It occurred to me very late on in the day. Oh, that's probably how the guys uh, work out who's got the biggest uh, social media following, mm-hmm. and uh, I should really have been hitting that a lot harder than I have. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't find a good segue back to the album. Um, I'm being honest with you. Normally, no, I'm not honest. I think you've just done a perfectly good segue. Oh, okay, great. Woody, as I'm fond of pointing out on my show, Woody Allen used to segue between material by going, however. Yeah. No, that's right, all yeah, you need. Absolutely true. My friend Joe Wilkinson, brilliant comic in the UK, during his stand-up sets, he would very often say, uh, my stuff's got no links in between the bits, so I'll just say link. <laughs> link. And then he'll just do the next great, bit. Great. Oh, if your material's good enough, you can say whatever the fuck you want but too right um the album so, the album thank you so much for bringing us back down to 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 you know i'm i can't speak <laughs> come on mate we're, we're perfectly fuck you linked me. back into it we wandered off and then i, I linked speak. back into it it's because you challenged me on my english now i'm just totally in, in, now here's a question will yeah. you leave this bit where we slightly flub it and you mm-hmm. look at your notes will you leave this in the podcast? oh 100 oh good, good yeah yeah because yeah, the I'm things big fan of that. people have heard me and uh, we're at almost epi- now we've we've recorded more than 200 episodes at this point and like in wow. all of them no, I would it say shows Goldsmith and is casually mentioning how many episodes he's done. Twenty-five <laughs> percent of me of the, of them have me at least once saying, "Oh, I had a brain fart," uh, which is one of my least favorite phrases. But I, use I it don't anyway. like that expression. Gross, the word but fart. I say it. Yeah, it's not, it's not a good word. What do you prefer as an English one? What's your well, favorite? Well, no, there is no good word for it. No. I say Trump because I I say that around children. <laughs> See, that's that's the only time you actually yeah. mention it. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. if there's like my godson there, he's like eleven now. Or now my baby, I'm like, have you trumped? I, and uh, you know, and that's quite funny given the uh, current uh, mm-hmm. awful, disgraceful political situation. Sure. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't even say. It. I mean, that is an awfully <laughs> fucking twee. That is twee as fuck, isn't it? So Trump, but just the word fart is so. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. the perfect word for how unpleasant sure. the idea is. It, it is. Do you? Okay, so you didn't see the did. Oh, guff. That's even worse. What? That's like a school this, playground one, a guff. Oh, I've never heard that. He done a guff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's awful. Oh, my God. Did you... Okay, so by the time you hear this album for the first time, what was your experience, if any, of Rowan Atkinson as a comedian or an actor? Nothing whatsoever. Nothing. This was absolutely my first exposure to him and to... I suspect... So you were nine, I'm... so it would have been about 86, so Blackadder <laughs> didn't exist yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did you see Blackadder when it came out? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I loved it. Well, no, not when it... The first one I didn't... I probably got into it when Blackadder 2 was on TV. Okay. Or Blackadder the second, which I guess was... Now, which way around were they? Was that the one with Queenie or was that the oh, one Christ. with the Prince Regent? Uh, so, uh, Prince Regent So, so Hugh Laurie, third, right? who you guys know as House... Which just isn't... I mean, it's known of in the UK, but it's not enormous. No, of course not. I, 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 
I knew him, yeah, I won't I won't claim that I knew him from the other stuff that much longer before yeah, it sure. came out. But I my mom did. My mom was like, You should watch a bit of Fry and Laurie. I'm like, I'll watch it oh later, Mom. Oh my god. The a best sketch show that's Fry ever been Laurie. put together. It almost it is certainly best. is the best sketch show. Bollocks, I should have brought this. Never had it on vinyl. Marjorie. Um, <laughs> Can, have you talked about that on your show before? No. A bit of Fry and Laurie. We can't so, manage this since it was never released on vinyl. There's no. I just want to get Stephen Fry on the show. He's in LA right fucking now, and I need Stephen Fry on the show. You are fucking kidding me. I went to see. You see this prop? I'm sorry. We're going to. Go okay, this is from a sitcom that I went to a taping of. Yep. It was a five hour taping. I went there. Because Stephen Fry is a co-star on the show, he wasn't in that night's fucking oh, episode. What's so the show? I got it called? it's called the, uh, the Great Indoors. Uh, I have a, a okay. thing up there, and it's only okay. I, I'm not trying to insult that. Oh, that's hang true. on a minute. I think I know. Joel someone. McHale is in it. Yes. You know someone who? I think I know someone who's in it. Or is that the program from last night? Yeah, from the yeah. From the other Can night. I have a quick look? Because I I feel like someone someone is writing on it. Very, oh, who wrote on it? Uh, the English lady. There's an adorable English lady in the show, and then there's Stephen Fry, who is. I watched the pilot. They showed us a pilot. He's great in it. He's I the best of part Joel, of it. I love a bit of Joel McHale. Oh yeah, no, he's fucking Joel fantastic. McHale. And this doesn't tell us. Oh, it doesn't tell us the. There might be writers? some information on it. And by the way, folks, if you're listening, I'm not insulting Alex the show. Edelman. There we go. Yes, Alex my friend. So he's an American comic. And oh, okay. But I know him from the UK. Okay. And that's him. And he's writing on the show? Me. He writes on the show. Shit. He is a staff writer. Oh, wow. See, that's not yeah. bad. Well, I, I, for the sake of people putting together what is... Uh, the show got better as I watched it. But then again, it was a five-hour taping. Oh, God. No, you know, I mean, no <laughs> one's going to enjoy a five-hour taping. So, you know. But you can, you can row that back. It's fine. But, but I, I just... I, there's no Stephen Fry. So There's that's no Stephen Fry. So is he? A, so he's not a regular character. He's a special guest. He si- from from what one of the people there told me, he signed up for six of the twelve that they're doing for okay. the season, and I fucking rolled the and dice the, and missed it. What's the premise of the, the show? The premise of the show, this is great. We're doing some PR for a fucking show that's not on the air yet. Uh, the premise of the show is that Joel McHale uh, is, uh, he works for a, like, a nature and hiking magazine that uh-huh. is obviously, you know, magazines are going, uh, they're no longer existent. So we just have the website now and his boss slash mentor is Stephen Fry. Okay. And uh, he's just coming back and having to deal with all these millennials. Stephen Fry's already used to it and that's basically it. Gotcha. It's a lot of anti-millennial stuff, which is nice. like some of it's okay. Alex it's Edelman like, is one hundred percent millennial, so he'll be writing okay. millennial stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I probably saw him on the floor. Then one of the people I saw on the floor had to have been him because everybody yeah. was out. So this shooting. is a five-hour taping of a sitcom. five hours. So did you have a, a comic doing warm-up? Did you yeah. have a studio warm-up. And he was great. And he, he did is five great. hours, five fucking hours, making Jesus. people dance and just it was great. Like he did a wonderful job. That's the only reason I could stay awake. Okay, he was making nothing against dance. the show, mm, but you're okay. doing 22 minutes. Did you get his name? Uh, yes, I did, and I'm an asshole for forgetting. Ah, so I've seen him do warm up before. It is. I've it's seen him. I did invite him onto the show for what it's worth. So I did email him at Roger. Roger. Oh, he knows his last name's impossible Federer. to remember. No, oh, yeah, that's that the was the only my one I Ramjet too. I almost <laughs> said Roger Federer too. Uh, yeah, we're slightly off topic. Back and forth, back to Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry, Black yes, he was, he, he was Melchett and House, yes, and right. Hugh Laurie was mm-hmm. uh, the Prince Regent in a different series. Yes, on, uh, Black Adam was fantastic. Yeah, so that's where we were. Mm-hmm. I was an extra on House, for what it's worth. That's all that matters. Who did you? What was your? I role? was like, I was, uh, I was a. Uh, this is we're really getting off topic. I was a. Uh, what do you call an orderly? And okay. then just some random guy in the hallway who got walked by and a disorderly. Says, yeah, disorderly. Yes, and then when Hugh Laurie walked by me, I was just like, holy shit, I just got walked so by. So tall. He's incredibly tall. I knew tall. he was that tall? Yeah. I had no idea. So good. So handsome. So good and tall. And funny. But you've yeah. got to, you've got to, we have to convince your listeners to go and download or somehow find on YouTube a bit of Fry and Laurie. It's on Hulu 
right now. It's on uh, CISO. You can get both. You can get it on both of those. Literally never it's heard of the CISO. best sketch show that's. It's just two ever genius level comedians. Yeah. Who also have been best friends since university, right? Uh, just spanking out an incredible, like some of the. Have you read the scripts? No. There's a book of the scripts <gasps> I had. One of them is there's a it, there's a sketch that takes place in a shoe shop, mm-hmm. and um, the the actual and you. I read the script and I went back and was like, oh god, they are doing that. Um, Stephen Fry's in the shoe shop, and the first line of script in italics of stage direction. It says internal shoe shop. Stephen is behind the counter polishing the back of his hand for no other reason than that it is screamingly funny. And he is, he's literally standing behind the counter with a bit of cloth and he's just polishing oh, the back of his I, and hand. And I never noticed that detail oh, at, uh, watching man. that fucking sketch. Oh my good God. That is so brilliant. I didn't know there was a book of the sketches out there. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely Fuck worth me. going. That's a, that is a, sorry, we're going to be on this tangent for a minute. That is a weird renaissance period for the two of them because at the same, at some point they were doing that and Jeeves and Worcester at the same time. And while they didn't write Jeeves and Worcester, it is still delightfully funny and watching them together is always good. Yeah, really, obviously about brilliant the same chemistry. Period of time. I think, yes, Jeeves and Worcester, I remember seeing that and going, oh, is that, oh, I thought it was like a sort of trailer and was <laughs> right, hope, right, right. hoping it was more Bitter Fry and Laurie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, the, the, the opening credits to the second or third season of Bitter Fry and Laurie was mm-hmm. done like a perfume advert in kind of like a black and white <laughs> pretension. Kind of pretension, that's it. I hate you, I, I hate, hate you, you, and yet, yet I hate you. <laughs> so, so good. Yeah, oh, they look great. And just the way, the thing is the way, I think the, this is actually, Stephen Fry has been on my mind because you were talking about the, the Douglas Adams book there's there are few people who can do with language what Stephen Fry does, and it's it's so upsettingly good. Yeah. Um. The line hold hold the news waiter's nose squarely, waiter. Or friendly, friendly milk, milk will countermand my trousers. trousers. Yeah. Oh my god! What a great one and of that, the best that, lines ever written. That joke is about the fact that no, <laughs> that every sentence has been said, or that like that. Yeah, that you sentence, can guarantee that you can almost certainly guarantee that it hasn't been said. That sentence has it, never yeah, been said yeah, before. Ah, yeah, yeah. oh, mark it for me, Taika. One of my favorite bits ever. Um. Anyway, I said bits. See, see what's yep. happening. This is oh, but bits is acceptable in comedy. It is. In it comedy is. parlance in the states. It is. Yes. You said what about my old seventy-eight? Didn't you? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Honestly, no. <laughs> All right. So you got your deck. Do you want a Dolby with it? Um. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> you only had Dolby's with tape recorders, chief. All right. Do you want an amp? Uh. No, I won't. <laughs> You won't hear anything, Grandad, without an amp, I'm afraid. Oh, so, of course, yes, I want an amp. Yes, an amp. Yes, All right, what sort of output are you looking for? What sort have you got? Ah, no, no clues. <laughs> About medium? How many watts is that mean? Well, I should think about, um, about three. <laughs> no, two, two thousand. <laughs> Five hundred. Thirty. 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 So you know all about it now, then. You want a thirty-one amp? A thirty-one amp. Do you want speakers? Yes. Do you want rumble filters? Yes. Do you want a bag on your head? Yes. <laughs> all right. Let's go back to Blackadder, if that makes sense. So that's the first time you're seeing Rowan Atkinson. Yes, I think yes. so. Okay. And uh, Tony Robinson. Yeah, of course. Who then gone out and got into the uh, archaeology business? That's so. Yeah, well, I mean, I know he's I mean, got a great little sideways but, move, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, fantastic. you're super famous. You've done really well. You've made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Do you want to run around being an actor still, having to get cast in stuff? No, right. you want to go. Actually, my passion is dusting bones in a 
Pitt. <laughs> yeah, good for him, man. That's great. I love a sideways move. Didn't Kim Wilde? You remember mm-hmm. Kim Wilde? I Susan? don't. Oh, no, do you know, I think you, I thought you'd know her simply because her biggest hit as a pop star in the UK was called The Kids in America. There's no, nothing to suggest it was ever, it ever got big here. So what did she do? Um, she was a busty pop star mm-hmm. who then did a brilliant career 90 degree turn and became, I think she started doing gardening programs. I love it. People are like, so look, good. just because I was, you know, I, I think either people wield a bit of fame that they have in order to go, well, I can do right. what I want now right. because I, there's, it, I'll definitely get a bit of PR for the beginning of the sure. the thing and you can set something up. Yeah. Like, it's what's her name? Sarah Beanie. There's a woman in, uh, called Sarah Beanie in the UK who started off as a property developer on TV uh-huh. and then she did a 90 degree turn and started a dating site called mysinglefriend.com which the, the premise of which is uh-huh. that you... Uh, you, your friends sign you up to it, and mm-hmm. they write your. It's a oh great idea! God. What a great! Why aren't we doing that? Why that aren't you doing that in great. the states? That is We're, pretty fantastic. Are we post dating sites? Is it all Tinder now over here? Uh, I don't know. No, you're married. Uh, I'm a married I'm man. I'm in a long term relationship. I, 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 right, right. We have no idea what's going on. You see, do you understand people why I want to move to England though? Because you can have this thing and then have a gardening show i'll have a fucking gardening show yeah i'd be i'd love you to take a 90 degree turn and do a podcast Some about climbing walls. funny americans do okay over there rich hall might be the one yeah <laughs> or there's another one i'm sure there Alex are other Edelman okay turned up rocked it for three years won an matt award, leblanc is hosting <laughs> top gear matt is leblanc is hosting top gear is yes. that happening did you see peter serafinowicz do it do his theme for his idea no for- I didn't but everything Sarah Finnewich does is brilliant it's the best thing in the world the title should, of his book he released a book of his jokes from Twitter and the title of the book was One Billion Jokes brackets volume one <laughs> <laughs> He's a god. He's a god. Did you? Okay, let's. Uh, for not the nine o'clock news, this is something you've listened to. You are inserting your own ideas of what's happening into it. Is there an influence to your comedy now? I mean, you're not a sketch comedian, but I mean, is there a noticeable influence? I don't know. I, I, I'd be hard pressed to find one, to yeah. be honest. I think the other, the other uh, LP, the other record I remember having. As a kid, around, I mean, it, I say around the same time, would have been several years, maybe eight years later, mm-hmm. I mentioned uh, when we spoke, was um, uh, Lenny Live and Unleashed, uh-huh. which yes. was a Lenny Henry album. Right. And Lenny Henry, certainly, if he doesn't, um, if, if there's no nothing discernible of his in my style uh-huh. as a comic, he's certainly, he's sort of the first stand-up that I remember ever listening to. And I think mm-hmm. there's something certainly in the fact that I'm a stand-up is partly due to falling in love with that album and playing yeah. it over and over and over and over again and um so even, even then i mean you know there's there's very little between us sure, sure. <laughs> you know, no yeah, huge yeah. similarity in style or content or anything but certainly my there's i'm sure there's a basic way in which i see the world the, my basic understanding of what stand-up is is yeah. informed by listening to that album over and over again and you are album. starring in the remake of bernard and the genie if i'm not mistaken is that <laughs> yeah well that would be uh, that would be handy <laughs> Alan Cumming is coming back to re- reprise his role. Um, that is a deep cut, and I don't even remember if that was any good. Something my mom made me watch. Um, <laughs> um, Lenny Henry. I don't even know his stand-up, honestly. I just know him as an actor. He, well, he had loads of. Uh, he did loads of characters. He had a very elderly Jamaican man called Decus, mm-hmm. uh, who was a sort of pork pie hat wearing, uh, white fluffy bearded Jamaican guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had Delbert Wilkins, who was a pirate radio DJ, who then went on to have his own spin-off series, The Delbert Wilkins Show. Wow. And his catchphrase was spondicious. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. Out of context, this all just sounds so nonsensical. Uh-huh. Um, but he would—that was very funny. His other characters—he did a, 
He did a routine, which I'm sure I remember word for word-ish. I don't remember the name of the character, but he was like an irate person. It was like it was like a sort of a distillation of alternative comedy in the late 80s in the UK, whereby you would be incredibly angry about a completely mundane thing. Okay. So I remember him doing, and you'll forgive the accent here, right? Lenny Henry is black. Uh, I don't think this me taking off his accent is racist because I'm doing a specific person. Sure. So that's my angle. Um, but he would go, cat flaps! Cat flaps! How come cats have the monopoly on flaps? <laughs> And, uh, and he'd just get absolutely incensed about it. He'd say, a little spider does not have a little spider flap. A, a dog does not have a dog flap. I do not have a man flap. And I can't, the routine ended, take your cat and your flap and bugger off. And in retrospect, it was probably sort of a satire on angry alternative comedy. Yeah. But um, cat flaps, God, it made me laugh. I can only imagine. I mean, that's, that's, uh, there are these little, yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I asked that question kind of fully knowing, and I've asked it of a lot of people, fully knowing that people usually can't identify a specific thing. It's not like you're going out of your way to imitate the first stand up you ever heard, but it is always interesting the shit that stands out, you know, when you decide to do stand up. I suppose it's what, it's, it's less of a style and more your basic understanding of the territory. Yeah. In the same way that my basic understanding of a relationship will be informed by my first girlfriend sure and every sure. other relationship from them will be different to that yeah do you know what I mean I and do, it'll be yeah. a new experience and it will also in some way that I don't even notice it'll yeah I'm sure that you know I'm uh, continuing to justify the position you'd already made perfectly clear <laughs> no it's good I, I just appreciate you filling the Great air surname Jason yeah clam well it's pronounced clam but yeah. oh it's less good now sorry clam, no. clam here's the thing though it does mean moist how does it in yeah. German? Means, yeah, it's ravine, but also moist. Ravine and moist. So clammy. Typically so German. It is. So I think it's, those it's where clammy. Same. It's where clammy. I so think. So efficient, comes from. aren't they? Yeah. People, <laughs> we yeah. can get two meanings out of this. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a it's it's everybody thinks it's clam. It's okay. Okay, I never. Friends. The first time I said it out loud mm-hmm. was uh, to my friend today. What's the guy's name? It's uh, ladies on the comedy circuit, Anastasia Travers mm-hmm. uh, here. Who she was in the UK for a while, which is where I know her. I'm stopping with her. Uh, over these couple of nights and I, she said who's this guy you're seeing and I said oh he's called Jason Clam and she went haha good one and I went no no I think that's I've, oh yeah you're right it sounds like clam like a clam but it's not it's clam and it's got a K and two M's yeah. so it's more like blam than it mm-hmm. is clam it really yeah no yeah it's, it's like it's, a it's a very dynamic surname I'll take it I mean I, I won't <clears throat> I won't fight that that would be silly of me to fight that um <laughs> Do you have a reason to recommend this album to anybody who hasn't heard it, if they can find it? Well, that I think that's a really good question. Do I have a reason to recommend it, or mm-hmm. is it just a case of me kind of? Do I just feel passionate about it because uh-huh. for me it's like a warm, you know what I mean? It's like it's like a, a sweet and sour chicken, half yeah. rice, half chips. Oh, it's like <laughs> when my dad used to come over from the Chinese. Oh, brilliant. Um, so. Yes, I think there you would. I think you would definitely get some laughs out of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, it's it's. I think it has value as a piece of uh, uh, a kind of a historical artifact. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it would be amusing to Americans to listen to British people attempt American attempt American accents. Oh, you know, yeah. sketches about Reagan. It's great. And I also think that definitely four or five of the sketches really stand up in a kind of a... I mean, anything with Ron Atkinson in it, any, any yeah. of his stuff is, is funny. Um, and I also, I think definitely as a, as a sort of floating sketch like the hi-fi shop, I'm sure it's funny. 
It I'm is. sure the obituary one is funny. I'm sure the bad language one is funny. Look up, not the nine o'clock news or or N T O N N, not the no N T N O N. Mm-hmm. That's the YouTuber's abbreviation for it. Look up bad language, not the nine o'clock news, and mm-hmm. give that one a try. And I, I need I think to actually that... watch them now. Yeah, exactly. In a way that I never did. Yeah. I, I saw I was watching them today. I was revising, going, oh, I've got to remember what these things were. <laughs> and uh, and I watched a couple of them, and it was really funny to watch them. So that if you if you like the bad language one, then I would certainly recommend checking out the album. When you first came to this school, we took you on account of a most entertaining essay you wrote about a parrot that belonged to your aunt. Ah, yes, sir. Hmm. Since then, your progress has been disappointing. I have here your exam papers from this year. Let's take a look at the general paper, shall we? Question one was, write an essay about perseverance. Yes, sir. Do you remember how you began this essay, Suter? No, sir. Read this, it'll help. Uh, General paper, final exam. T. Suter, autumn 1980. Subject, perseverance. Yes, get on with it. My aunt, who I live with, has a parrot called Perseverance. (laughs) One day... Yes, and you proceed to tell exactly the same story you told when you arrived at this school. Yes, sir. Here's a slightly different one. History, question five. What was notable about the late 50s? And your answer? My aunt, who I live with used to have a parrot called 50s who is now dead. The most notable thing about the late 50s was his enormous appetite. Yeah, I, I'll just say from my perspective, my favorite is... Shit, what's it called? Give me one second. I believe it's called Sergeant Savage, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, Constable Savage. Constable Savage, of course. Oh, yeah, and it's a policeman being so quizzed on good. what... Be- obviously is his incredibly racist attitude where he's just a list of this very what works about it I think is that the policeman sounds so innocent yeah. when his sergeant major is accusing him of all this stuff going you've made numerous <laughs> allegations against this one guy you've locked him up for um, you know for having an offensive wife and a lot of it is to do with Rowan Atkinson again as the police sergeant oh, yeah. going having an offensive wife <laughs> yeah um, you know, loitering within the hours of day- daylight in a built-up area, um, and then it becomes clear that the the object of all of this this policeman's arrests is, uh, as as Rowan Atkinson puts it, dare I take it that Mister Kadogo is a coloured gentleman, and then uh, Griffiths Jones, the policeman, goes, uh, "Oh, I can't say as I've noticed." Sir. <laughs> <laughs> he's so blind; he's very guileless. Uh, oh my god yeah no, i mean it's 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 a solid piece of work it is still relevant there's a number of stuff on this oddly enough on this what should be a mostly timely sketch album that i think holds up and i think it's really especially those, those yes god well about. which just goes to show tv yeah. satire doesn't solve anything does it it's all the fucking no. same still of course, <laughs> of course not yeah all of the, so much of this stuff the presidential stuff could mm-hmm. be completely you know attributed to trump um, the uh, the stuff about like we said the hi fi shop has just changed the changed a few of the words and it's mm-hmm. exactly the same. So yes, isn't it? I think it's that was timeless. Perfect to open this episode with. So I probably will do that. Yeah, it's perfect. You know, um, phonograph. What's <laughs> <It just gives laughs> so that granddad? A phonograph. <laughs> oh my god. Um, all right. What do you have to promote? Keep in mind this is probably coming out in a couple 
months. Yeah, sure, sure. Thank you. I always forget to remind my guests that uh, that it's not going to see the light of day for yeah. some time. Um, so what I can promote is if you go to uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from, you can find The Comedian's Comedian podcast, uh, or you can go to comedianscomedian.com. And you can listen to whoever I've done recently. And as I would assume much of your audience is American. So I will list the most recent excellent American comics I've had. Mm-hmm. Bill Burr. Oh, uh, Bill Burr and I, ne- yeah, I'm not going to say we nearly came to blows, but we had a passionate disagreement about Ooh. the nature of privilege. Absolutely Ooh. worth listening to that wow, one. Wow, okay. He doesn't believe privilege is a thing. Interesting. And I stood my ground for a bit. Yeah. Not, I didn't, you know, it's, it's by no means a fist fight. And ultimately, I'm not out to ambush anyone. Sure. So I did want to just give him the space to say what he thinks but it was a really fun it was a kind of a gnarly one mm-hmm. um, I've had Hannibal Burris more recently Cameron Esposito who's been on the show oh awesome uh, oh, uh, Lewis Black uh, oh, very recently as well so and Brian Regan I got Ooh, Brian Regan for half really? an hour and he is literally the nicest man I've ever met I can only imagine and it says wonderful wise things about comedy and being nice and just getting on with it and doing your thing yeah so there's loads and loads of uh, uh, American acts on there as well uh, Joe DeRosa Chris Gethard mm-hmm. has been on it recently uh, recorded one with him in uh, in the Edinburgh Festival mm-hmm. um, Carmen Lynch and who else these are all coming out so by the time this comes out these ones will have come yeah, out yeah, yeah. plus loads of American comics loads of English comics some of whom have started making inroads over here Jimmy Carr is yeah. one of the biggest comics in the UK and he yeah. is he talks on the podcast about over here he's an alt comic yeah. so he loves coming over here of and being this weird button down English guy Yeah. and I saw him at Montreal the year before last doing the Jeff Ross's roast battles you know the mm-hmm. roast master thing that was recently televised I believe for this year and um it's amazing to watch Dave Chappelle and Dave Chappelle's crew mm-hmm. going off and brapping and going, whoa, Jimmy Carr, about this guy from Hounslow <laughs> near Love London. It. So that's absolutely worth uh, listening to. Jimmy Carr also has the greatest laugh in the history of comedy. Yeah, I'll see if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. fucking ridiculous. Makes me so, so happy. Um so what about Twitter? Did we do Twitter? I don't know if you said Yes, Twitter. you can follow the podcast at ComComPod. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me at Stu Goldsmith, but mm-hmm. I warn you, I, I use Twitter very badly. I've, oh, got a, I've, got a, I've really got to buck that up. My personal feeling is that I put out over an hour of original podcasting content every week. Mm-hmm. That's my connection to my listeners. Sure. I'm not going to fucking sit and write jokes on Twitter as well. I'm writing yeah. jokes to do it. I'm not a Twitter guy. I'm not a, I'm not one of your tweeters. Right. I don't get round to it. I don't yeah. care about it enough. And my mm-hmm. jokes don't work written down because they're not very good. I'm a sort of live charisma guy. <laughs> I sort of convince you into liking me with my wiles. <laughs> you, also, people should sign up for your mailing list because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have downloaded uh, one of your albums for free, which is fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, there's a couple there's um princess uncle stew is mm-hmm. that's my debut that's available for free oh that's the one that i heard uh, yes okay. yeah and then also you can get uh, extra life for three pounds which is like five dollars ish mm-hmm. um or or more if you care to donate because you love the show and you want to support it mm-hmm. um and uh, and i'll be releasing another two albums fairly soon oh good yes are they from edinburgh or are they from yes so okay. i'll be releasing um an hour yeah. which is my uh, evocatively titled show from edinburgh festival 2015 which mm-hmm. i then toured in britain for my, my debut tour and i'm about to go on my second tour next spring mm-hmm. and uh, that show is called i mean don't tell me i forgot what the show is the show is i've literally been doing it i've had a baby leave me alone um, the show is called compared to what and mm-hmm. it is not entirely about becoming a parent okay 
I like that. Um, but it's uh, it's nice. Hey, tell me what I should do. Someone from Conan came to see the show at Edinburgh. Holy and shit! And they said uh, this is really good. You should come and do Conan. Holy shit! And uh, Conan isn't really known in the UK. Yeah, and I can they imagine. Said, we'll sort your visa out, but you have to pay for it. And it's three and a half thousand pounds sterling. And I went, oh, if it was like no visa, I would bite their hand off. Right. But that's an incredible amount of money. It what should a, I do? Is Conan, right. is that like a really... Here? I mean, here's, huge, the thing. Right? here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes. Uh, but it's it's like a very like, he's he's my hero. He's one of my biggest heroes Yeah. I mean, I'd do it just so to meet him, right? Of you course. used to write a Simpson. Yeah. Oh, he's a, and he's a goddamn genius. Um, and uh, the thing is like, he doesn't have the audio. He's cable now, right? But mm-hmm. that said... Fucking, there are two guys named Rhett and Link on YouTube who have more fans than anybody who's on, you know, network TV right now. Worth it, Rhett yes. and I, Link. Rhett and Link, yep. They do some goofy little shit on YouTube. They're very, they're very funny, but they've got like 2 million subscribers. There's nobody on TV, at least here, who's getting that kind of viewership. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. I would say Conan, for me, I mean, again, he's a god. So yes, worth it, but it, that is an awful lot of money. It's an awful lot of money. I don't know man. what it means for you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't well, know what happens. Don't know what, what happens for you if you do it. Yes, people will notice you. Yes, you'll you'll there'll be so many people over here who will who be like, oh, great, funny guy, wonderful guy. But yeah, I'll look him up next time I'm in the UK, maybe. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I, I but I then do. there are people here who are who are you know comics who just like here's my big break on Conan, and I don't know what that equates I to d- financially. I don't think a big break on Conan. I don't. I don't know if that kind of big break on any show exists yeah. anymore. It's all portfolio, no. isn't it? No, yeah. Nothing's your big break. Right. Um, and if I'm not, the thing is, if I did it and I then got the visa, it'd be a great way to get the visa, which I believe lasts for two years. Maybe I yeah. could come over here a lot. So wait, the way you have to do it now, you couldn't, so you can't do it. You couldn't do it if they asked you to do it now because of the way you're traveling. Is that the way it goes? It's so fucking complicated the oh, way I, you have yeah, to. Yeah, I can't you, do it right now. Yeah. No, no, no. So I can't fucking, work. I can't work nuts. over here. I'm just it's nuts to me. That's yeah. crazy. I would say it'd be worth it to meet him, but that's for me. Yeah. That's for me. He's a god. And yeah. Watching his show live. Oh, is that? And they record in LA? Mm hmm. Right down the street. Really? Yes. I have a few friends on the show if you ever need to go see it. When, what nights are they on? Uh, they record Monday through Thursday, I think. I okay. could be wrong. Okay. I could be wrong. So, you know, next time. Uh, next time you're here. Yeah. Yeah. What it's time is it now? So much fun. I'll go down the street and queue and get anything. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Just see if you can sneak in. Yeah. <laughs> no security after 9 11. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to very quickly promote because it'll maybe still be out. Uh, go to lookingforwardmovie.com. That is my mockumentary that is coming out one blog at a time. At, at the time that we're recording, it is at eight and a half hours. That is how much footage there is that you can watch. I'm not expecting you to watch it it's all. eight and a half hours footage eight of a movie. <clears throat> it's because they're all blogs. We, they're all blogs, and I'm going to cut them into a feature length next year. Oh, wow. And if you watch it, you're going to find some accidental and some purposeful parallels with Donald Trump. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, I did once say in my the book that I wrote for this in 2008, I pride myself on my humility, and he recently said something not dissimilar. So you guys might enjoy it. Stuart, thank what you for doing the show. you turned out to be eerily prophetic, and mm-hmm. maybe you are writing the future by making these books? I hope so, because <clears throat> if this comes out, yeah, this will come out by then, uh, my character will not win me election oh, <clears throat> so, perfect you know so you can alter history we're relying on you supposed, yeah, i know and then at the end of that but my, in my final blog i'm supposed to accept my fate because I've, for 12 years i've been doing this just ad nauseum my very final blog is going to begin with me saying hello united kingdom because in 2020 i could run for, <laughs> for PM. <laughs> so that is basically how i'm going to end it with a question mark um so anyway, go do that. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thanks for having this me. This has been a blast. I've enjoyed um, it enormously. Um, that's it. 
But thank you guys for listening. I do this at the end of my podcast all the Fuck. time. I do admin, admin, thank the guest, and, and um, uh, nothing. I do have a sign-off, at least. Which Go I don't, on. you know. Have a good thing. That's it. I oh. liked it. I liked it. But you can't say that's it afterwards. Otherwise, it's not a sign-off. All right. All right. <clears throat> and as always, which I forgot to say earlier, have a good thing. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs>